The following podcast is a production of Hardly Awesome Studios in association with the network. Find us at BICBP-radio.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Out of the Shadows Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jim Clark, joined, as always, by nobody. That's right. It's just me. I'm flying solo this week. My cohort, uh, Chris Chavez, is feeling a bit under the weather, so uh, I figured I would take up the reins this week and cover for him. So we will get into the Halloween discussion next week, so please keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm really kind of excited to get into that conversation with Chris. We really haven't talked about the uh, the new movie too much since we've both seen it, so that'll be that'll be an interesting one. Definitely looking forward to that. Anyway, tonight... I wanted to do something a little bit different. So, to keep with the holiday spirit, it's the middle of December, to keep with the holiday cheer, to keep with Creepshow, yes, Creepshow, uh, our last episode, I wanted to take a look at the Creepshow holiday special on Shudder. There's a killer on the loose in Naperville. Only comes out when the moon is full. Okay, Merry Christmas. My name is Robert Weston, and I have been having a very hard time. And these blackouts, I don't remember anything. Welcome to Shapeshifters Anonymous. A support group for werewolves. I'm a were cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> Annie McDermott, werebore. You turn into a pig. Who's that guy? He's a were tortoise. You're kidding. Battle stations. Oh, they found us. What? The dreaded Santa Claus and his many evil helpers. Chris Kringle and his magical helpers? Don't fire till you see the white to the beards. have not checked this out yet do yourself a favor and go and watch this episode i know i saw uh the first season of creep show when it came out i saw the second season of creep show when it came out still have not seen the third not quite sure why i'm sleeping on it regardless i did not go back and watch the uh the specials that they released they released two of them there's the animated halloween special and then there's this special the christmas one hadn't seen either one of them so i figured great here's an opportunity let me go back i'm across this one off the list okay this episode was released in 2020, okay, so not that long ago, uh, actually December 18th of 2020, right? So almost a year ago of the, as of this recording. The average episode length for these new seasons of Creepshow 1, 2, 3 is, you know, somewhere between 42, 52 minutes, somewhere in there, right? 
Uh, but this episode clocks in right around 46 minutes. And the reason I point this out is because if you've seen the new seasons of Creep Show, you, you, you know that the episodes are broken up and there's two stories in the episodes, right? You have your... Uh, you know, the creep comes in, introduces it, and then you go into your first story, and then you have your second story, okay? This doesn't do that. We get our introduction with the creep, which is real, real brief, and then we go right into the story, and the story basically takes up the entire rest of the time. It's one story, not two like we're used to. That being said, this episode is directed by Greg Nicotero. If you don't know who that is, Google him. I don't know what else to say. Uh, he's royalty in the horror community, rightfully so. Um... But anyway, so this story, like I said, is one story in this episode. It opens up. We see our creep, our favorite creep. Uh, I know I know you creepers out there, but he's our favorite creep. Come on now. He, he's walking across the room. He goes to the window, and there's a full moon. He sits down in the chair, and he turns into a werewolf, okay? Then we get our credits for the show, and we open up uh, on a comic book. We have a couple panes uh, basically setting up our story. Uh, when the story comes into live action, we're introduced to our main character, Robert. He's knocking on the door of a church basement, okay? Scott's there at the door basically telling uh, Robert to get lost. You're not getting into our meeting. It's a closed meeting. Robert basically tells him that he's what's being referred to as the Naperville Ripper. Um, there's somebody going around town murdering people, uh, and he says that there's some strange shit going on and that these people might be the only people that can help him figure out what's going on, right? Scott finally caves. Robert comes in the room. There's five other people in the room. He's introduced to Irina, who is a blonde teacher. She basically explains that she is the chapter president um, of this group. And what is this group? This group uh, is basically the name of the episode as well, Shapeshifters Anonymous, right? So I'll play on Alcoholics Anonymous, people who are shapeshifters coming to share experiences and help themselves through this, right? I can understand why a group like that might be necessary, right? So... Uh, Robert starts telling them that about three months ago is when everything started going, you know, funky. He said he started finding weird things in his stool when he went to the bathroom. He says it started with white rocks and fabric. He says he went to the doctor. Uh, doctor, you know, examines him, ends up pulling out a couple more things uh, from inside him. Basically, you know, sends him off, tells him to get therapy and uh, stop eating shit around his house, okay? Doesn't really help him. He thinks that he's a werewolf, right? Because Irina tells him that he's a Theranthrope, which is a shapeshifter, okay? Robert thinks he's a, a, a werewolf. They say, well, you know, might not actually be a werewolf. Uh, there's more than werewolves. Most people think they're werewolves because that's just the most common one out there, right? It's the only thing I had ever heard of, if this is even really a thing. Anyway, the other people in the room basically, you know say what they are. Irina ends up being a, a were-cheetah. Scott's a were-tortoise. Um, Phyllis is just a furry. Not really a theranthrope, but they accept her there. She's a furry who likes to dress up like a hippo, right? And then we have Andy, the were-boar. And then there's this other dude. Big, uh, big dude, big muscles, just sitting in a chair. His name is Ryan. Doesn't say anything. Nobody really knows who he is, where he came from, they don't even know what he changes into. He just shows up every week and sits in the chair, stares at the wall, and says absolutely nothing. So they basically tell Robert, well, you know, there's only a couple ways that you can tell what you are. You can, you know, record it on your phone when you're changing to see and, you know, watch it back after the fact. 
Uh, we have this beautiful trunk here full of all kinds of different plants and trinkets that we can test you to see what you are. So they give him uh, catnip, does nothing. Um, then they give him wolfsbane, and there's an electrical shock that he gets, and he flies backwards. So it's confirmed Robert is a lycanthrope. So they start asking, you know, Robert, how did you get like this? When did this start? And he tells them, well, I think maybe I was cursed by an elderly woman in my apartment complex. But they tell him, well, you can just go back and, you know, see her and have her take the curse off. He says, well, that might be a little hard. I ate her. And yeah, so he ate her. No going back. So they say, well, okay, I guess let's start the meeting. Finally, they're starting the meeting. They start reciting the credo for the club. They get about halfway through. And this is where everything changes, okay? Basically, up until this point, it's been a straightforward horror story, you know? Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. You got to suspend your belief a little bit to get into it. If you can't, then this genre is probably not even for you. But nothing, nothing strange, nothing out of the ordinary. It's been creepy. It's been weird. Okay. But now we're into this credo, right? And this line that Irene, Irina says, she says, And I agree to avoid Kris Kringle, the dreaded Santa Claus, and his many evil helpers. So up until this point, again, the credo's been normal. I agree to not eat good people, only bad people. I agree to help any theranthropes that come to me, help, uh, you know, looking for help. But then you get this, and it's like, what the fuck is that, man? That's weird. That's whack out of left field. I, I did not see that coming, right? But this is where it starts up the rest of the story, okay? Because from here, it just goes in this weird direction. Did not expect this. Um, why didn't I expect it? Uh, I I mean, it's not what I expected out of a creep show episode. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's not. it's not what I expected, you know? Anyway, basically she says that, and then they explain that Santa's actually a Theranthrop hunter. Uh, Scott starts in on the story of saying that, you know, the Theranthrops may date back to the Bible times, that there was a, uh, you know, one of the chapters of the Bible that was left out, basically talking about the story of Bob, uh, and then he breaks into this story of Bob, right? So, basically the story of Bob goes that God instilled the power of lycanthropy, into this individual named Bob, said he could help God rid the world of evil. Bob grew prideful, as anybody would, of his accomplishments. God did not like that, did not sit right with him, so he created this other individual named Christopher to be the enemy of Bob. They end up fighting. Bob proves victorious, right? So then Christopher feels betrayed. He turns to the devil for help. The devil gives Christopher these very, very sharp claws. They look like at least in the drawing we're seeing, they look like talons on a hawk. Very, very sharp, very deadly, right? So Christopher goes out. He recruits followers to help him basically hunt down the Theranthropes of the world forever and ever and ever. The alarm goes off in the basement of the church. We see on a security cam that there's all kinds of Santa Clauses storming the place, right? So then Robert has a flashback to earlier in the day when he had an encounter with a, a Santa Claus. Then we're back in the basement. Everybody's arming themselves, tipping over tables. Everybody's bracing for these Santa Clauses to come in. Finally, they break in, and these people start busting caps in all the fucking heads of these Santa Clauses, every single one that's coming through the door. And not to mention, before just before this happens, Robert asks out Irina because they've been flirting back and forth the entire time that he's been here. And then, you know, 
as these Santa Clauses are still storming this place, Ryan's still sitting there in the chair not doing jack shit, not saying anything, not even flinching. Finally, the Santa Clauses all retreat. Everybody's happy. They think, yay, it's done. We're good. Finally, 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 we get something out of Ryan, right? He says, this isn't over. He points to the camera screens for the security cameras, and we see Kris Kringle's sleigh with the reindeer fly in and land on the roof of the church. Shit's about to get real. Nobody's fucking with this Santa Claus. Let me tell you that. But Ryan starts, uh, you know, chanting over and over, here comes Santa Claus. Nobody in this group, you know, really sure what to do. How the fuck are they going to defeat this thing? Uh, Because this is the big bad guy. All those other little bitch-ass Santa Clauses were nothing compared to this thing. Don't forget, this thing's got claws, right, from the devil himself. So then Ryan tells them that, look, there might be a way that we can defeat this guy, defeat this thing. He produces five vials of uh, a metamorphosis potion that he's been, he says he's been saving for a very long time. Hint, hint, hint. Everybody changes uh, when they take this potion, except for, uh, obviously, Phyllis, because she's a furry, and Ryan, because he does not take one. So now that everybody is in their Theranthrop form, we have the were-turtle, the were-boar, the were-cheetah, they all realize that they can actually control their actions and they're conscious while they're in this state. Normally, they're not conscious. Again, they're blacked out, just like Robert. Robert finally drinks his vial, and we see him transform into the werewolf, finally. And, you know, they ready themselves, because here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, but not him yet. Another wave of mall Santas come in. They easily dispatch every single one of them. And then comes the big guy, the big, jolly, red-suited man. And let me tell you, this is not what I expected to see when this dude walks through the door, right? He's tall. He's not fat. He's got this metal red armor on his entire body, and his claws are not talons like I thought they were going to be because that's what they showed us in the drawing. They're basically knives, just long, sharp knives, So here he is, Santa Claus, Christopher in all his glory, about to kill every single one of these motherfuckers. But not before Ryan stands up and reveals who he really is. And if you have not gotten it yet, I don't know what to tell you. He transforms into a gigantic werewolf and reveals himself to be Bob. Yes, Bob, the story from the Bible. Bob, the same, the one and only. So him and Santa Claus, they square up. They're getting ready to fight. Santa Claus is throwing obscenities all over the place. And then there's no fight. There's not even a fight. Fucking Phyllis comes up behind him and cuts his goddamn head off. There's not even a fight. I'm ready for this fight, dude. I want to see this fight, and there's nothing. Are you kidding me? I built up 46 minutes for this just to see him get his goddamn head cut off. So then Ryan transforms back to Ryan basically tells everybody that thank you and for your help you can all control your powers now you get to control when you change and you're controlling when you're in that state except for you know poor little phyllis because she isn't one of them she's just a furry so then they say well you know santa claus's corpse might still have some magic in it why don't you sit on his lap and make a wish and i'm like what what at this point, I, I, I just got to accept it. I just got to go with it at this point. If I made it this far, you know what I mean? 
Um, so she makes a wish, and nothing. She doesn't turn into a hippo like she wants to. But what happens? <laughs> what happens instead? Comes through the door is Liliati, okay? And then she runs off with Liliati, and he says. I'm going to take you home and make love to you all the time, baby. He says, but first, let's go get that $100 million from the bank. And then they leave. And it's like, where the fuck did that come from? Anyway, I digress. Again, at this point, you have to accept it. Just go with it. You got, what, two minutes left? So they run off. Uh, and then, you know, Irina and Robert run off back to her apartment because, again, they've been flirting this whole time. And, hey, they want to go shag up. Cool, great, whatever. Basically, that's the end. Okay. Wow. Wow. What a lot to unpack here. So, up until we get that hard shift from the Credo, like I said, it's a great horror story. I love it. I love it. It's great. It's classic. Nothing out of the ordinary. Nothing that makes you go, what the fuck? And then you get to that, and it, it's not like a shift, but it's just not where I thought this story was going. Not that I didn't like it. I was entertained the entire time. Every single aspect of this episode entertained the shit out of me, and I liked it. Just not where I thought it was going. If you're, uh, if you're the type of person that can sit there and watch a movie and call what's coming next, yeah, good luck. Obviously, after listening to this, you're going to know, but going in beforehand, good luck. You're not going to know, man. And, and I had no idea how they were going to tie it back to the holidays, again, with the, with the tie for Chris Kringle. Brilliant. Right. Immediately, I started thinking of Krampus, Krampus, however you pronounce it. Um, so I kind of thought that that's where they were going to go at first, and it, I, I guess it kind of is very similar in nature uh, with Krampus. Uh, however, the roles are reversed. Santa Claus is evil. Krampus, uh, quote unquote, Bob is not evil. But hey, it works. I love it. Great. Move along. So. Great comic panels in this. There were some really great, great shots, great art. The intro um, of him walking into the church with all the pews. There's somebody, I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was one panel where somebody was getting attacked or something and was losing the skin on their face. It just looked great. Great, great. I love it. Um, I wish they would actually make physical comics of the Creep Show and release them as actual comics uh, and not do stories that they've already done for the episodes, do original ones in comic form. But hey, I just talk here. I don't make the decisions, right? Aside from that, the the makeup effects on the characters in their altered states, uh, it's not the best, but it's not supposed to be. That's the point. Obviously, if you know Creepshow, you know. If you don't know, educate yourself. It's not supposed to be the best of the best, the top of the line. It's making fun of itself. So it was great in that sense. The the fucking Bob was this giant... I don't think he was even mechanical. I think he was fucking a puppet. The head was a slightly bigger than the body, but his arms moved like they were puppet arms. Great. I loved it. That's probably why him and Santa Claus didn't fight, because there was no way they were moving that thing to fight with Santa Claus. But again, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Um, going back to the story, uh, the actual story and plot of the movie... I love the concept of taking these lost stories from the Bible and completely doing what you want with them because who knows how many more are lost out there. You know, I, I remember hearing, because I went to school, uh, you know, if you don't know, I went to school for archaeology, and I remember hearing about this guy who was in a market, I think he was in Egypt, 
and he found this um, this manuscript at a market, and he uh, he was able to identify the writing as ancient as Sanskrit. He he bought it, and he took it with him, deciphered it, and it turned out to be I believe it was the um, the Book of Mary, Mary Magdalene. Um, so I love that concept, and I love that idea. So the fact that a Again, horror. B, again, the holiday time. And then C, you throw that in there. Oh, my goodness, dude. Again, I'm sold. I'm sold. You don't got to do anything else. That's it. I'm done. Shut up and take my money. Aside from all of that, the acting was great. I don't really think I've seen any of these people in anything else. I was looking at some of their credits, and I'm familiar with some of the other things they've done, but it wasn't anything that really stuck out too much to me. But... Again, they were fantastic. They were fantastic. Everybody, you know, understood their role and delivered it basically exactly how I would expect it to, you know. And uh, aside from that, you know, the typical uh, when I think of creep show, I think of that that lighting, right? That hard blue and red lighting that they used in the first movie, and then they used actually in the in the show as well. Um, you know, accentuate different things, cutaways to that with that lighting behind somebody. Didn't utilize it too much in this. Uh, they had it at a few spots when the transformation, and that's another thing. The, the We'll touch that in a second, the transformation. But when Robert was transforming after he drank the potion, they had it in the background, but it wasn't there the whole time because the camera was spinning around the group. Um, but going back and touching on the, on the on the transformation, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing special. It's not American Werewolf in London. It's... Here he is at this phase, cut away behind somebody to do a transition into, okay, here he is in the next part of his makeup, uh, you know, cut away behind somebody again, come back. He's in a different part of his makeup. Nothing special, but it did the trick. It looked good. It, it didn't look hokey. And again, you know, like I said, it, it just because it's not the best doesn't mean that this, this isn't good. That's the whole point of this is to not make it as spot on and as good as you can make it to the best of your ability. You want to give it some some uh i don't want to say comedic element but some some simplified element drop it down a level and give it that cheese factor because that's what i want and that's what i expect coming into a creep show episode so thank you it was delivered and i loved it and i really don't know what else there is to say after that you know go watch it if you haven't checked it out yet go watch it um if you're this far into the episode and you haven't checked it out yet i don't know what you're still doing here but go check it out regardless um let me know what you guys think if you guys liked it um what you liked what you didn't like interact let me know again with the show overall let me know what you like let chris know what you don't like let us know interact with us follow us on social media instagram uh, Facebook and Slasher app. We are there as Out of the Shadows Podcast. You can find us on Twitter on OOTS Pod. Leave us reviews. Please, please, please. We don't know how to make the show better, how to make the show worse, because, you know, hey, we got to mix it up sometimes, unless you guys tell us how. So please, let us know. We appreciate it. And hey, stay safe, stay warm, enjoy the rest of your holiday season. Catch us next week for that Halloween discussion. Again, that's going to be a good episode. I'm excited uh, for that discussion. But until next time, guys, remember, keep your eye in the shadow.